You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 34. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, DerekAndSteve.com. Um, yeah, so that's the last time we see JR. Forever. Forever. Yeah, so. Which is a bummer. <laughs> Derek and Steve present. In four years, we got the London Olympics to get ready for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're just like, whoa. <laughs> I've done this three times. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, I'm like an Olympic prospect. Potential Olympian. <laughs> yeah, Olympic prospect. So here's my hot take coming through. All, all right, right, this is going to be uh, hot. Fire, fire. Um, see, I'm not a big fan of, like, third world countries. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode 34 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Derek, alongside Steve. Steve, it's been a while. It's been a how while. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How have well. you been, and I how are you doing? I've been well. I've been doing well. Um, it's been a long time. Two weeks. Two weeks is the longest we've been away. Um, and it felt weird. I felt a weird obligation to be doing it. Yeah, I was it. like getting anxious. Yeah. Um, so we're back. Yeah. So don't panic. We are going to start a new streak yep. of 34. Yep. And we can. <laughs> and 33. 33, 33 unanswered. 33. Uh, and actually, it wasn't even uninterrupted because we did take weeks off. But okay. that was the first two week break we had. Yeah. Pretty since impressive. starting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my, uh, my initial question for you, because I usually start off with a, a fun little question for you um, Who do you think is hotter? Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady? Who is hotter? Definitely Jimmy Garoppolo. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Ob- objectively? Objectively, yeah. I mean, I I love Tom Brady more I mean, than Jimmy you, Garoppolo. Who do you think's hotter? Uh, I don't have a good eye for that kind of thing. Oh, but, good answer. Very safe. But but if I was picking, I would pick Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. On pure on pure. Tell me uh, why. Tell us why. On pure looks, I would pick Jimmy. Why? What do you like? What do you like about his looks? I'm not sure. You know, I think he's. Uh, He's got that presence, you know. He's got the. He's younger. He's younger. Younger. Yeah, he's, you're he's younger. Young, you're into the younger guys. Into the younger guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, who do you think's hotter? I don't know. I don't. I don't have to answer that. Jameis or uh, <laughs> Jameis <laughs> or Doug Martin. <laughs> Jameis for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So uh, so that that's it. We're back. Uh, we'll talk about uh Jimmy and Tom a little bit later. Uh, for a little bit, but uh, first let's uh quickly recap where we've been. Uh, so what, what were you up yeah. to for Ooh, two weeks? Wow. Um, so we'll make it quick cause we can, yeah, talk. And we're talking about some of this yeah, stuff we later could, too. We can talk a lot about this, but, um, I went to the, uh, Boston college, Georgia tech football game in Ireland, mm-hmm. Dublin, Ireland played at Aviva stadium, spectacular time. Um, and I'll, I'll get it in a, a bit more to it in the sports section, but, um, went to Ireland, then went to Bristol, England and up to Castlecombe, which is this beautiful village with the buildings built in like the 900s, seriously like the oldest buildings I've ever seen in my life. Well, there's one pub in this entire town. It was it was very cool. Then drove all the way down to London. I worked from London for the week, um, and that explains why I have been absent for the for, the, for two weeks. But two also weeks. you were away as well. I was so away. We couldn't have done it. Yeah, so I was away at the same time Steve was. Uh, I wish I could have gone to Ireland for the game, but. Uh, I was away with my family on a cruise in the Caribbean. Uh, we left out of Texas, and that was great. I won't go into all the details of the cruise, but I will relate it to what you just said about the BC Ireland game we will talk about later. Uh, for me, it was a little bit different experience because I had to get up at 6.30 a.m., which was the Texas starting time yeah. uh, of the game. So 6.30 a.m., and the only bars that are open on cruise ships at 6.30 a.m., if you're wondering, is the casino bar. 
uh, and the casino is not even open yet at that point in time. So I was sitting amidst a bunch of uh, cigarette smoking degenerate gamblers waiting for slot machines to open at 7 a.m. <laughs> uh, no football fans, just me uh, watching BC lose a game that we'll talk about later. But you can imagine the overall experience of that. Um, uh, it sounds exciting. It sounds riveting. So uh, we can talk about that later, but... Uh, that's where I was for uh, the first week and then basically got back right on uh, Labor Day. So we we didn't and you were still away on Labor Day. So scrapped it for two weeks um, for that whole situation. So yeah, but we, we're, we're back. gone. We're back and we're so, back for a while. No now, need so. to worry, everyone. No fear. No fear. So uh, that's it for the little opener there. And we'll get right into sports. So Let's jump into um, it. So college football is back. The last time we were here, we football wasn't back yet. We talked a little bit about fantasy football, but. Overall, we didn't have football in our lives, and now it, it feels like it's been forever because football is fully underway now. We've got two weeks of college under our belt and one week of NFL. So We are into it. I mean, how excited are you? Football's back. I'm really, really excited. I am uh, most notably a professional football fan yep. over a college football fan. A lot of people pick and choose. I think yeah. I think you are a college football I mean, guy. I mean, I'm more of a pro football guy. Either so, way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, pr- I'm pretty equal. Uh, Either way, like, both are back. Yeah. Both are back. I just have more to root for in the NFL arena right. than I do in the college arena nowadays. Right. <laughs> um, I think that's a nice segue into Boston college football. <laughs> um, so I don't know how much we want to talk well, so, about well, well, each let's, game. Let's, talk, let's start. Let's pretend that this was the podcast after the Georgia Tech game. Just oh, for like gosh. five minutes. I don't just, want to. For, for two minutes. For two oh, minutes. I hate it. Ooh. Actually, let, all right, fine. Let's let's mix them together. Then. Okay. So to bring you back to speed, they're one and one. Uh, both games are played. And ultimately, going back to the Georgia Tech game, it's a lot like what we saw last year out of this team. Yes. Um, bad Falling football. apart. Bad, bad football. But, but, but with good football laced in the middle, just enough to, to break your heart. Yes. Uh, I mean... Because that's the thing about this BC team was probably the most competitive three and nine team that I've ever watched last I've year. I've never seen a better I've, three and nine. Team. <laughs> I haven't seriously either. never yeah, seen. I one. mean, number one defense in the country last year, and they're three and nine. So it's more of what we saw from that regard, and it was just terribly mismanaged football at the end of the game. Uh, we could rant for Steve Adazio. We've been ranting about Steve Adazio yes. for the last week and over the weekend, watching again. And there's plenty of stuff we can we can hate on him for, and we'll we'll spread it out throughout the year. Yes. So we don't need to hammer him all today. Should at once, we focus but, on anything today? So you, I'll let you start, and I have a few things I would focus on. Okay. Beyond that, um, well, he's a terrible game manager. Yes. One, uh, he has no idea how to call a timeout. He has no <laughs> idea how to manage a clock. Yes. Um, he's a very terrible decision maker. Yeah. The the thing that bothers me, and it's it's that he calls timeouts. Because he doesn't know what to do. Exactly. Not because he wants to think about what to do. Not because he needs time to, to consider what the defense is going to do. He calls a timeout because he's panicked. Like, there'll be, it'll be fourth down, and it'll be like, fourth and two, do you go for it? He'll, like, let the clock run out, and he'll say, ah, timeout. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll go back and punt it. Yeah. And because he just doesn't know to get the punt. Like, he yeah. doesn't know before, like, two plays before that, yeah. if fourth down comes yeah. up. What do you do? And so th- there, there are some circumstances where I can see it being an unforeseen situation. May- maybe there's a penalty that you didn't anticipate and you end up in a fourth and short instead of a fourth and ten. Or, you know, whatever the case is, um, I'll segue what you just said into my other biggest complaint. My, all my biggest complaints so far tied to what you just said with the game management and everything. My other biggest complaint is third down and short this season. Third yes. down and two. Pri- you pretty much always been third down and two from yeah. what I've seen. 
And every time, pretty much, I, I think almost every time, we've lined up in a jumbo package, no matter where we are in the field. Yes. In fact, a goal line. In fact, For those of you who don't know, goal line. A goal package. line package. That means no receivers. No wide receivers. That all means- maybe three tight ends, none of which can catch the ball for us because we don't yeah. have any receiving tight ends on the roster. Uh, we, we we send no wide receivers out there. We stack the box. For those of you not aware of football, the box is like all where all those huge guys are down on on within their three point stance with their hand on the ground. The box is the middle of the field where all the collisions and everything happen. Yeah. We put all eleven guys in the box, Thinking and you know that- what that means? The defense can put all eleven guys in the box because there's not one guy on either side of the field. There's a probably fifty yards of horizontal space on the field that need to be filled, and the defense doesn't have to put anyone there. Not a person. Not one person. And so to, they can honestly just have people close their eyes, and whenever they hear the ball <laughs> move, just close their eyes and run straight, and still probably the, stop they, the play. They actually could stop Boston College on third and two with that strategy. Yes. And just pile and, up. And so and so, every now and then a play action would be nice, you know. But but so I'll segue it into what you said, is that the fourth down hesitation, and timeouts. This is twice now in two games in relatively big situations, one much, much bigger than the other. Georgia Tech was a fourth-quarter situation. Yeah. Uh, UMass was a second-quarter situation and not as big of a deal. But still, fourth and short after a third and short. This wasn't like a, th- a third and 15 and you picked yeah. up 14. You now it's like, wow, yeah. you know, here we are. What should we do? This was third and two. Followed by fourth and two because you didn't get any yards on third and two. Because you put everyone in the box. Because you, you stacked the box and you ran right up the middle into where everyone is. Yeah. So these are expected fourth downs. Like you, you line up in a, in a goal line package on third and two. You're either getting a first down or it's going to be fourth and two. There are two outcomes to that situation. Yes. And he's not prepared for one of them. Yeah. It, it's it, it's mind boggling. Yeah. So what you said, the, the two instances that Steve referred to, we sent our offense out on fourth and two. And in fact... What our friend John had told us, uh, the recently married John Robertson from the last uh, podcast, what he told us that I didn't realize was that in the UMass game, the second time this situation happened, the offense stayed on the field and and didn't want to come off slash wasn't coming off yeah. when he called them off late. Like, it was you know, play clock was starting to run and he started to call them off and like he had to call the timeout partially because his team didn't want to listen to him at that point. Yes. Because So it's things like that that are just so mind-boggling that he hasn't gotten a grasp on that yet. So those are the things I would focus on. Um, let's save the rest of the, of the Adagio bashing for later. We I have agree. plenty of that. Let's I focus agree. on a few positive highlights okay. from UMass. I'll say, well, let me quickly jump back to the BC game, BC-Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Touch um, on that first. It was a great game. It was in Ireland, spectacular. I do like that BC football at least allows us to go to Ireland for a game, play Clemson Friday night, play Florida State on a Friday night. We, we get these few marquee games and we're not afraid to go out and get them, which I like. We just have to put a, f- a team on the field that can give respectable outcomes. Um, that being said, the Georgia Tech game was close. It's a heartbreaker. Um, the whole city was – Dublin was in, into the game like no other. Uh, BC signs everywhere. Georgia Tech signs everywhere. Uh, American flags everywhere. The stadium was packed. It was a sellout stadium, big soccer stadium with overhangs and really loud acoustics. Um, very fun atmosphere. The game itself, unbelievable game. Unfortunately, yeah. we like I said, we had six opportunities, six plays it came down to, yeah. and we didn't make one of them. Yeah. Six plays to win the game, and we didn't make one of them. A few, yeah. few missed field goals, a uh, few fourth down 20-yard gains. Um, it was just yeah. on letting up big plays on defense. So I don't like that, But although that does lend itself to correctable mistakes. Yeah, um, Things that can be corrected are big plays. If you can stop 
if you can convert one out of six of those plays and win a mm-hmm. game, that you're probably going to be able to do that next yeah. game, which I which I like. Um, back to the yeah. UMass game. Positives for the UMass game: we beat UMass. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty positive, I guess. Yeah. Um, we they hadn't they haven't beaten us in thirty six yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they weren't going to. Beat yeah, us. and one side note: uh, we we actually had to redo this segment a little bit with some technical difficulty. One thing that we had mentioned: UMass. Um, is not what they used to be. I will say that. They're not the cupcake, the total cupcake game that they yeah, were five they, years they ago. They took UF, a good yeah, football team. Florida was 10-7 in the, 10-7 fourth, quarter. In the fourth quarter. Yeah, and the final ended up being 24-7. But, I mean, they competed with that team. They, they put a lot of SEC and Power 5 conference teams on their schedule every year now. Because, I mean, I like the way that UMass is approaching trying to get good. Is they're, they're stacking their schedule with tough teams. Yeah. And that that the, is paying some they're dividends. In, they're independent, so yeah, they, they can the, play whoever they want. Exactly, they're what Notre Dame used to be for, as, as far as like not being in a conference, being independent. Um, they they're they're in Division One now. So I mean, while they are an easy game, and and also that's another side note for BC is that there's no excuse for missing a bowl game this year with the the quality of Division One out of conference games we have this year oh is gosh. ridiculous. If we miss a bowl game, we're the I mean worst I mean BC has Wagner, which is their only FCS game. They have. UMass, uh, UMass uh, Buffalo. Buffalo, and UConn at the end of the year. Yeah. So, and a Wake Forest game. That and a Wake win. Forest game. That's literally five wins that should be automatic towards your six that you need for bowl eligibility. There's yeah. no chance that if BC misses a bowl game this year, we have to, Steve Adazio needs to be fired. Absolutely. Yes. Um, last, last positive I want to mention is Jeff Smith. Yes. Uh, converted quarterback from last season. Showed flashes at quarterback running the ball, not really throwing the ball. Converts to wide receiver this year. BC's number one wide out on the outside now. Yeah. And... Two beautiful deep touchdown catches yeah. uh, from Patrick Tolles. It's weird that, we, and we talked about it when it when it happened. Beautiful throws, beautiful yeah, throws as yeah. well. But catches that are supposed to be made, like they're thrown in the like a perfect throw over the shoulder catch was made, and and we're raving about it like it's an amazing catch. Yeah. But the purpose of that throw is for that catch. Like yeah. That, yeah. Like that is how that play is drawn up, yeah. and we're just amazed that one of our wide receivers caught it. It's, a pass it's what that we've should become be. accustomed yeah. to because exactly. we, we're not accustomed to that deep ball, beautifully executed throw and catch. Like we haven't seen that in yeah. years from Boston College. We think that is like in, like a, t- a sports yeah. center top ten, yeah. even though yeah. it's the way the play is supposed to be run for exactly. every team in college. But exactly, I agree with but you. But that, that's we, certainly a positive. It looks like in the early stages we have. A g- not not a passable wideout, a good yeah, wideout. Yeah, a good wideout, and also a few other good wideouts, I yeah. think. They haven't made the, the the caliber of plays that Smith's made yet, but what I've seen from these other receivers in the receiving core, uh, there, there's at least reason to be hopeful. I know that we say this year in and year out we have hope, but yeah. there, there there's actual tangible signs of, of having some competent offensive players this season, and, and you know Smith is one example of that. And we mentioned, we talked to Rich Gunnell uh, before yes, the season, and Rich Gunnell's quote to us was that if he does his job, Jeff Smith will be an all-ACC receiver. Um, I think he might have said next year, but he yeah. might have meant this year. I'm going to say he meant this year. All right. So uh, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, Rich Gunnell, the wide receivers coach so, for Boston College, by the way. One and one, BC, coming up uh, a big game at Virginia Tech. Yeah, Virginia huge. Tech's a wild card. They're, they they can play like trash one day. Like and, they did and against Tennessee. Exactly, in yeah. a spectacular game the next. So um, always a tough opponent, a, a beatable opponent. Um, and if BC wins versus Virginia Tech – I think we're we're back on track to actually oh, having absolutely. a good season. Because if BC can win that Virginia Tech game, they th- it isn't a jump to say they will be 4-1 going into the Clemson game. Which I mean, is you, good. you take care of Widener and Buffalo at that point. If not, you've, ranked. If, not, not ranked. Not ranked, not ranked. But certainly on the verge of being ranked, yeah. I think. If you're 4-1 and one and you actually, if you then actually, you know, this is a huge jump, but if you beat Clemson at home, 
you're now talking about being ranked at five and one with a win over Clemson. Yeah. So, uh, and, and then you know that's when they get into the meat of their schedule. They get Florida State and FS in uh, Florida State and Louisville in the, in the upcoming four weeks. I think sometime in that frame. So you know th- that that's the time to turn it on. Yeah. Um, and, and if if BC can get this one, this this is a huge one against Virginia Tech. I think because I, I think we should look way ahead and focus on Clemson. Just I think like so Adazio too. has been doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's that. That's Boston College. We'll have more of this next week for you with the Virginia Tech game because that's a huge one uh, for BC. So, moving from college, and by the way, there's plenty of other college football notes, but yeah. we missed two weeks of BC, so we're not going to touch on the other college teams this week. Next week, we can get back to that a little yep. bit if there's any huge, huge stories. So, uh, next is NFL football, and uh, I'm looking at our little agenda. We're probably going to focus on our two teams here for the most part. Why not? Um, but they were two of the bigger storylines of the opening weekend. So uh, we can start with you with the Bucks winning in the opener. Uh, my two cents on it. I mean, I did expect the Bucks to have a good offense this year. I drafted some of their players in fantasy football. And you have to be extremely happy with what you saw from the Bucks' offense, certainly. From the defense for a lot of the game. Uh, they had some moments where they buckled a little bit. But overall, you have to be very happy with the Bucks and also being in sole possession of first place in their division. We ain't no puppies. <laughs> that's that's the quote. We ain't no puppies. <laughs> that's the uh, James Winston quote. He we, actually we some dogs. Was, we I some think, dogs. Yeah. We ain't no puppies. We some dogs. Um, was the James Winston quote actually halftime of the FSU game when they were losing to Old Miss? Came back and basically won the biggest comeback in yeah. FSU history. Um, anyway, I'm not going to talk too much about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I know. Everyone watched it who's listening, so you don't need me to repeat it. Um, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Atlanta Falcons for the third straight time. Um, they, Jameis and Mike Evans and Quan Alexander always have a great game against the Falcons. Um, Quan Alexander, keep an eye out for him, linebacker for the Bucks. He had 15 tackles and um, I think, no, 17, 15 solo. Wow. Um, Luke Keekley-esque. Yeah, Luke Keekley-esque. One sack, I think one pass deflected. Um, the only thing is, Jameis had an unbelievable game, four touchdowns, uh, one interception, 250 yards. Um, I'm excited about the Bucks. The one thing I'll say is um, no turnovers. The Bucks caused no turnovers. Oh. And, and A, it's great because they still won the game, which is very mm-hmm. impressive, but you can't sustain wins if you don't have turnovers. So that's the one thing I need to see from the defense. Um, yeah, so everyone jump on board, Derek. There's room on the bandwagon. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, there's room. Hey, if there's an, I'm rooting for an NFC team. It's going to be the Bucks. Come on I, in. The water's fine. My fantasy team benefits, and you know we keep. Uh, you know I don't need the Panthers or the Saints to win that yeah. division. I've seen that. Everyone enough. hates the Panthers. Yeah. Everyone hates the Saints. I've seen. I like of that. the Falcons, but like, who? Come on. Yeah. We, we only they're, like them. They're the Falcons. They're I mean, the Falcons. they're gonna they're gonna go like ten and nine and seven, ten and six. Yeah. You know. Matt Ryan will have a, have a good fantasy year, but he won't play you know, in the playoffs. He'll randomly have the most game-winning drives in the fourth quarter in overtime in the NFL yeah. over the last six years like, or eight like years. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah, we saw we saw that stat. Yeah, actually, kind of crazy that he's the NFL leader in that category over the last eight he's years. Super but. clutch when it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's so it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Else? On the Bucks. No, I'm not gonna stay too long on them because I know. That's just a, a me specific thing, but yeah. You know, if I mean, you listen to the podcast, well, Jameis Winston's not. Jameis yeah. Winston was the best quarterback in the NFL Mike, in week Mike, one. Mike Greenberg from Mike and Mike said, "I've seen the future of the NFL quarterback, and it is Jameis Winston." Yeah, there you go. And I, I said, Mike Greenberg, I agree with you. And then <laughs> by retweeting him, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and that was the end of the conversation. Yeah, but that's how we converse. Um, 
uh, one quick side note. We're not talking about this at all, really, but I just want to mention it because I just kind of dawned on me from yesterday. You mentioned future of the NFL quarterback. I was impressed with Dak Prescott this week. Yeah. The Cowboys no. lose, but I was extremely impressed with his presence and his, and the way that he played quarterback. I he mean, played yeah. like you don't expect a rookie to play, yeah. which is no big plays, mm-hmm. just made smart decisions, um, had very mediocre fantasy yeah. value. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, but I mean, just, like throwing some tight spirals. Yeah, you know, just, he, he protected he, the ball. He, he scrambled made, when it was smart, too. He made too. really hard, sharp throws to people yeah. who are sitting in an open zone. <laughs> yeah. Like just making good yeah. smart football plays yeah and of course of course did you watch the end of that game yes I did. <laughs> of course the cowboys did that at the end of the game they blew so it. uh the cowboys failed to run out of bounds with uh two set or seven seconds left to attempt the game-winning field goal and the clock ran out on them in bc style so yeah and um, not giving dan bailey who had made two huge fi- yeah, leg who yeah. had made two 50-yard field goals in yeah. that game and granted that field goal would have been close to 60 they yeah. were pretty far but i mean you know dan bailey was was making 50 yarders by a lot yeah. <laughs> I, I mean those were those were hitting the net behind the uprights you know with plenty of room to spare so yeah. anyway we're not talking about the cowboys game i just wanted to mention that about dak prescott um next topic though is another young quarterback who May not be a quarterback for much longer. RG three on injured reserve again, almost comically. I mean, it's 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 just it's just ridiculous at this point. It's my favorite story. (laughs) It's my favorite NFL storyline over the past three years. And like, I don't dislike RG three that much. I just dislike him a little bit. And I never want to see someone get hurt. And because like, it's his livelihood, it's his career. But dude makes a lot of money. Yeah. He's getting hurt in the most random ways and all the time. Broken bone in his non-throwing shoulder this past week. Puts him on injured reserve for at least eight weeks. He's very, it's like, it's funny. It's <laughs> really funny. It's like a Derrick Rose thing. Yeah, it it's is. Like, it's it's Derrick Rose. Yeah, it's yeah. like so much potential and just can't not get hurt. Yeah. And I yeah. hate that you have to consider durability as an attribute because you're an NFL football player. Yeah. You you should be like there's no reason you're but like the amount of ACL and MCL tears in the league is incredible. Yeah. And I don't know what I mean maybe just cuz they're performing at the highest level but if durability and like injuries are consistently a problem like Tony Ro- like look at Tony Romo yeah. like Yeah. It's crazy that you have to consider that as well, an yeah. attribute. And and I start to wonder because this is the same this is this is the same neighborhood of conversation that I talk about when uh, maybe I don't know if it was I don't know if we talked about it recently on the podcast or not. But when we talk about guys like Brady and Rogers and how long they're going to play for, um, I've been saying for a long time that I think Brady's going to play until he's 44, 45, because he doesn't take any damage at all. Yeah. Tom Brady doesn't take anything. I, I mean, he doesn't get hit hard. I, I shouldn't say that he gets hit hard every now and then. And but, he's also probably not but, a baby. He's probably not. Like, well, yeah. Has like a. One of those skulls that's like still malleable, <laughs> yeah. like RG three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's true though, and I mean, guys like Tony Romo and RG three, they just put themselves in situations where they get hit, they take beatings. Know, I don't know if it's that. RG three, maybe not. Tony Romo just gets clobbered. He gets clobbered. And like it's, yeah, and and, and so it's partially the quarterback's fault, and then for RG three, I don't know what whose fault. I don't know. I think it's I mean, your body. I think yeah. it's weirdly like, and I don't know if it's the way because you have to be taking care of yourself. He, he yeah, has to be. Yeah. He definitely is. Yeah. He's got yeah. He I mean, the, these like, guys all do. They're on. Is it just yeah. a body thing? It's just some people's bodies are not know. made to. I mean, early in his career, it was it was partially due to him scrambling and, and taking hits. 
But then there's like everybody in the then, NFL takes then, hits. Then there's like that you can just picture, you can see in your head the play on the Redskins when he went back in that playoff game and he just dropped back, hit a soft spot of grass and just like Leg buckled, exploded. buckled yeah. his knee. It's like it, I don't know, I don't know. But he just can't stay on the field. The question is, will he? How many more games does he start in the NFL? Do you think? Uh, I hope over under over under 10 more games that he starts in the NFL. I think he starts 10 more games <laughs> over 8 seasons. Over 8 years. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. A bunch of a bunch of season openers yeah. get makes it two games into one season. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say I, I guess I'm going to say over 10, but yeah. Over a long time. I, I guess it's tough to put it up put a number on the games. What I will say before we move on, I think what I would pin it as is that I think he gets one more shot as a starting quarterback. I think he rehabs. I hope he does. Maybe he maybe he comes back on the Browns this year. Maybe not. But I think that the Rams. the environment of quarterback turnover in the NFL is going to lead somebody to give him a chance one more time. I think if he's still twenty eight or under, I think there's going to be someone who's going to say this guy still could have something in the tank. I just want to see what other shot. body parts he can like, yeah. injure. Like what's I know. Ne- this is what's totally next? different. Non-throwing yeah. shoulder, broken bone. It's like completely unrelated to everything else he's had. So it's funny. It's sad. I mean, it's, obviously yeah. I don't want to get him, him to get hurt, yeah. but if yeah. he's already hurt, it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's that for RG three. And then, uh, the last NFL note we want to touch on, uh, and there's, again, there's plenty more NFL stuff, but we are trying to focus it in a little bit, uh, cause we missed a lot of time. So, uh, the Patriots oh, on Sunday night, of Patriots. course. Um, they go into Arizona. They are very undermanned. They have Jimmy Garoppolo starting his first career game. Um, uh, Rob Gronkowski out, starting left tackle Nate Solder also out. So very, very undermanned. Nine and a half point underdogs going into this game, which is the first time they've been an underdog that big since the first Super Bowl that they won against the St. Louis Rams. Mm. That was the last time they were they were a more than a touchdown underdog, mm. um, which is remarkable. And uh, but I mean, but understandable because of the question marks around Jimmy Garoppolo. They go out Sunday night. Garoppolo plays well. I, I mean, certainly. I would say very well for a first NFL start. Doesn't yeah. make mistakes. Uh, made a few good throws, and overall the defense holds when they need to. Uh, granted, there were a lot of moments of question. What, but what year is it for him in the NFL? It's his third, third year. Yeah. So I think, and obviously a lot of teams don't have the luxury of doing this, but that's the absolute best way of starting a quarterback. Oh yeah, is letting him sit under a, a good quarterback, not even yeah. like a Tom Brady, like a yeah. good quarterback yeah. for a few years. Get your game situation awareness. Mm-hmm. Like, he was making the throws you need to make, not rushing any throws. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're right. He played okay. Like, he played like a rookie, but yeah. he didn't make, mis- like, a ton of mistakes. Yeah. And that's all you can really ask for, and that comes from literally sitting on the sidelines watching someone play yeah. football yeah. for a and, long time. Yeah, and when you, go, when, when you go out there, you just have that second nature instinct a he, little bit he more. He did not seem nervous. No, no, at not all. at all. He not came all. in, like, made a few plays, got... got Hit yeah. pretty hard a few times. Yeah. Just like got up, fixed his shoulder pad, and like called yeah. the next play. He did yeah. not seem nervous at all. Yeah, and you know he 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 seemed comfortable scrambling a little bit, like you know moving around the pocket, scrambling for a few first downs. Um, he, he definitely seemed composed, and I, and I agree. And I've always thought you know that maybe not to the extent of the Aaron Rodgers treatment. He waited a long time to get in there, long, but yeah. but but right around here, what you're saying, third year guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it's I I do think it's the perfect way to bring in a quarterback and. Um, <laughs> so do you think we, Brady starts again in the NFL? <laughs> yeah. I think you asked me this question uh, earlier in the podcast when the suspension became official. What if he's 4-0? Um, <laughs> so these are the questions that are going to be asked. I, yes. mean, I mean, these questions are going to happen. I was about to say this. And, you know, so 
yes, Tom Brady is going to start week five. I, I would love to see what happens. I say well, Belichick trades Brady. Objectively, <laughs> objectively he, cut, he, it would him, be, he cuts him. He just cuts it, just straight <laughs> up cuts him. Um, and Garoppolo starts. No, I, I think so. First of all, the Patriots will get a ransom for Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason if he does play like that for four weeks. Yeah. And if, if he Bel- plays like that for four weeks, it's, Bel- it's Matt Castle times a lot yeah. for what they get. I'll say in Belichick return. already knows how to like strong arm into getting good deals for bad yeah. players. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you have a decent player. And, and it's okay. a guy who, in that sample size, could be a good player. Um, you do have to remember, Matt Castle went 11-5 and five the year that Tom Brady tore his ACL, and they ended up trading him for a pretty good package. Uh, not a huge one, but I think they got a first-round pick. Um, and so, in it, but the thing is, now, in this day and age, with the quarterback market, it's, I mean, Sam Bradford just got a first and a fourth-round pick in that trade for him. It was He didn't get, I mean, he, uh, they traded a first and a fourth-round pick for him. So if that's the bar, and then you're looking at a 24-year-old quarterback who had four good weeks, I have to think a team's going to pay a lot. Now, the the question is whether you you know whether he would ever have the balls to trade him during the season, because that's going to be your your top price point on him. Is that someone's yes. going to need a quarterback, and they will have a chance to make the playoffs this year, and they would do virtually anything to get a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. I bet, but, it's, I bet it's the Cardinals. It could, it could be Carson, the Cardinals. Carson Palmer gets hurt or has a bad few day, games. That is totally a, a possibility. And so now, for the record, I think there's. I would almost say there's no chance Belichick will trade Garoppolo midseason because I think he he too he, he places too much importance on having that second guy ready. I mean, he saw it all too well in the very beginning of Brady's career. I mean, the fact that Brady was ready when Bledsoe went down was the whole reason that any of this success ever started. So I think that. Belichick will keep Garoppolo this season, but you know it all comes back to that: is that this, these four weeks for Garoppolo is really playing for a massive, massive contract because he, he gets traded and then extended by whoever he gets traded to. They will sign him to a big deal right away. Yep. So he's he's playing for a ton of money, and so that's a good motivation for him. But ultimately, the the answer to the question everyone will start asking is yes, Tom Brady will start Week Five and for the rest of the season, uh, barring any injury. But it is a very interesting dynamic because you know. I wouldn't. I would not get rid of Tom Brady at any point soon because I think he's got plenty of time left. But it's a very, very valid stance if you were going to say that fr- from a franchise standpoint, from an organizational yeah. standpoint, if you have a qualified twenty-four-year-old quarterback and your your current quarterback is about to turn forty, I don't care if he if he might be the best of all time. It's a very valid question to ask whether it's you should you should consider moving to Peyton him. Peyton Manning, Indianapolis. It, it's exactly yeah. that. It's exactly that. And so Andrew Luck is a higher profile quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe not as good of a quarterback. Definitely not. Andrew <laughs> but, Luck sucks. Um, the Colts, by the way, lose. They go to zero and one on the season. Even Classic. Though, even though Andrew Luck had a big fantasy day. Yeah, an okay uh, day. Yeah. Got to get your team to win, though. You're the quarterback. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's that. Patriots. Um, you know, very thrilled to go one and zero here to start the year. I will say one thing before we end the Patriots. Bill Belichick having Steve Adazio syndrome. I don't know if you watched the end I of did. that game. Oh, I didn't watch it, but I saw. Terrible clock management at the end of that game. I've never seen Bill Belichick manage a clock so poorly. Did I he mean, talk about it, or did he just? Say I, I didn't. I didn't actually look at the any of the reports. I don't know if he even got grilled on it because of the fact that they won. But two timeouts in his pocket, and he both time he he did the Adazio on one of them. He waited till the play clock was almost gone, and then he called it. Um, you know, there were, they left forty seconds left when Arizona kicked that field goal. Had they made it, that's forty seconds. You had both of your timeouts. You could have had a minute and 40 seconds to yeah. potentially leave to go back and get the game-winning field goal in the other direction. So, side note there, just very strange. I was kind of getting really angry watching that because Belichick was not calling those timeouts. But uh, Maybe he's getting old, too. Maybe, maybe so. And 
people criticized him for not calling the timeout uh, in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks before that play, too. Yeah. So, I, But that was a completely different situation. It wasn't clock management at that point. So either way, Patriots win. Uh, they start 1-0. Bucks win. They start one and zero. So both of us are happy. See you in the Super both Bowl. Of our, <laughs> both of our teams leading the divisions. And Giants one and zero. And the Giants one and zero. Our other roommate uh, on that Cowboys game we were talking about. So, uh, so good news all around in this household, and uh, good opening weekend for the NFL uh, football. And any other thoughts you want to mention? Um, we can talk about this. Uh, well, let's let's put the last piece into pop culture, maybe. Or do you even want to talk about it? Uh, let me look. Uh, it's up to you. Totally up to you. Um, all right. You can well, mention it let's, if you want. I'm going to quickly mention it. Okay. Um, so there's been a lot more, um, I don't know what we're calling it, I guess, protests. But they're not really protests. They're just expressions of of not even free speech. I don't even know what we're calling oh, it. Oh, just so, exp- yeah, sorry. I, I thought you were talking about the, the U.S. No, Open. No, yeah, no, we no. can talk about. Um, um, so players continue to sit, hold, their, uh, hold arms together, or raise their fists during the mm-hmm. um, national anthem. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. I think it, it look what it's done. Like this is the exact reason mm-hmm. Kaepernick did it is so that yeah. there's all this na- nationwide talk about it. And there's all like every one of his Jersey sales is going to help, um, uh, black communities in, yeah. in San Francisco. Um, he's donating a ton of money. A lot of other players have backed him and it, it's getting the response you want. Yeah. That being said on September 11th, mm-hmm. a lot of players still, or a few players still did it. Mm hmm. And I'm glad Kaepernick. Yeah, we were talking about Kaepernick's this. game was not wasn't on, on yeah. Sunday, and I'm okay with it. But on September 11th, th- there's a different feel. Like, yeah, everyone I, can I, and a, can attribute whatever symbols and they want to the national anthem, whatever you want. It can be, oh, you're not supporting the troops. Oh, you're not supporting America. Oh, blah blah blah. You can say you can turn it into whatever you want. But on September 11th, it's kind of about one thing. Yeah. So, I agree. you. You're kind of picking and choosing your battles, yeah. and I think you're choosing a losing battle. Yeah, I I agree. I I'm a little torn. I mean, I I personally, you know, as an athlete, I think I would always stand, but I, I can totally understand the viewpoint on both sides. Yeah. I think the September 11th thing was was is just the one. so Arian Foster was the highest profile one. I yeah. think that took that kneeled along with three other Dolphins. Yeah, and you know, people at the media asked him about it after the game. And his response, and I can't quote it directly because I don't have the quote in front of me, but his his response was along the lines of, you know, if not today, then when? You know, am I going to do that? And my response is literally every other day of the year. Yeah. <laughs> literally any other day yeah. is when yeah. <laughs> to, to kneel during the national anthem, yeah. except for this day. Every like, preseason game and every game after this. Every, game. literally every other day, except yeah. for September 11th. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, that that answer was a little bit, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. It's very good that Kaepernick wasn't playing on September 11th because yeah. that would have started. He's the face of this whole thing, so yeah. it would have started a lot more. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, we'll see what happens. I, there, there have been a lot of – I like now, I like that we're seeing ver, uh, variations of it. Like yeah. so, so people aren't – because so Ka- Kaepernick kind of sat and, like, slumped uh, almost. Like, like yeah. he sat on the bench and, like, like, had the, his head the down. Michael Phelps face. And, so, so, and the difference right now, I think, I, I like the movement that has started from the sense of, like, standing up for what you believe in and all that. It's a free country. You can express yourself however you want. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really like the 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 origin of it with Kaepernick, the way that he worded it, his answer as well. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to stand up for a country that belie- that, that yeah. does, you know, he, he treated it as like he it, hates America kind of. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's turned into something I think that we can all get yeah, behind yeah. a little more readily, but yeah. it, it started out a bit cont- it was, contentious. Yeah, I, it, I, I totally and, agree. And, and I totally agree. And you're totally allowed to do it. And, and hey, he started. It's he started it. He he's the one who took the contentious part of it and yeah. 
everybody else is not really being looked at in poor taste at all. And he's turned it into good. Yeah. He's turned into something yeah, good. I agree. Um, ju- that's just a little tidbit that, like, on September 11th, I, I have no problem with them yeah. standing or sitting or, or Expressing da- themselves dancing. however they want yeah. to. Danny, Danny, uh, Danny Amendola was holding the flag during the... Yeah. Did you see that? He was one of the... He, he, he wanted to go up there and hold the yeah. flag with them. It's like, do it. You can do... do you, you can want. express yourself however you want to. Yeah. Um, so I totally agree. But I do agree that there's, September 11th there's was... Certain, like, there's certain yeah. things that you should just keep in yeah. your head. And yeah, it was I agree. So, anyway, that's that. That's um, that. Um, we'll another that tidbit develops. on uh, sports: the U.S. Open concluded. Uh, U.S. Open tennis concluded this weekend. Um, Angie Kerber uh, won for the women. She's now the new um, women's number one, knocking off Serena Williams. After Derek, I left a blank because I want to see if you can guess the number. Oh, how many weeks? How many Serena weeks Williams in a row one? Serena was the number one world ranked tennis oh, God. player? I feel like the whole time I've been alive. So, <laughs> uh, not literally. Uh, I'm gonna guess that was like, like uh, 350 weeks. No, it's not that much. 186. Yeah. 186 weeks. weeks. So Serena is now the number two ranked women's tennis player behind uh, Angelique Kerber. Uh, wonderful player, I think from Germany, um, spectacular, all-around player, and everyone should root for her. She's a good person, unlike Serena Williams. <laughs> um, men's, uh, Stan Wawrinka defeated um, Novak Djokovic for his first U.S. men's uh, championship. Um, we're not big fans of Stan either. He's just kind of like a, sh- a schmeeb. He's got he's mm. like okay. a crybaby. Wears really weird clothes. <laughs> doesn't sh- doesn't like shade. He like he just like always looks disheveled um that's why we don't like him and he only has a big (laughs) forehand and and everyone likes a good backhand um and we like novak so all right two good win on the women's side bad win on the men's um if you get asked that in trivia this week (laughs) angelique kerber and stan warinko there you go there you go now we know um Um, and baseball so in baseball news breaking news breaking news uh the regular season is still uh happening still happening cool right all right moving on (laughs) To trivia. Trivia. Uh, all right. Second period trivia. So this is, uh, I think you all know the game. We will uh, go down reading a few clues. The clues will get easier as they go. Um, and your job is try to guess this person uh, in the sh- uh, least amount of clues. Yeah. So, um, Derek, you want to kick us off? Sure. So, number one, he was born on February 12th, 1990, so age 26, in Okinawa, Japan, where his parents, Robert and Jacqueline, both U.S. Army sergeants, were stationed. They finally settled in Texas in 1997, so seven years later after his parents retired from the military. All right. Uh, this person was a three-sport star in high school. Played basketball, football, and track before eventually setting, settling on football. Uh, he grew up a fan of the Denver Broncos and Coach Mike Shanahan, who he would eventually play for. So eventually played for Mike Shanahan and was a fan of the Broncos. No big schools thought that he could play quarterback in college, so he was ranked under athletes instead of quarterbacks, though he wanted to be a quarterback. Being highly sought out by private companies for endorsement campaigns like Nissan, Gatorade, and Adidas, this person earned more money before ever playing a down in the NFL than anyone else in sports history. All right. So, so try to think of someone who you've seen on every single thing. All commercials, highly touted as a before being before a rookie, playing a game, before being a rookie, and now probably not so much. <laughs> So clue number five, he has paper skin, bones made of glass, and he won the Heisman Trophy in 2011 as the quarterback of the Baylor football team. 
and he is now on the injured reserve list for the Cleveland Browns. The answer, Robert, Robert Griffin, Griffin III. III. Um, so it, it took me a lot <laughs> when we were talking about RG3 not to say the words paper skin, <laughs> bones of glass. And I, I kept stopping myself a few times. We wanted to put it in that clue. I so. wanted to. Uh, he's he's a terrible, terrible football player. <laughs> Really, really. Well, he, he was an excellent football player for one year in college. Yeah, <laughs> no, in the NFL. Of. Yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he, had, he, had, he had one of the best rookie years uh, that anyone's ever had. And then people found out all they had to do mm-hmm. is push him over, <laughs> and he they and just he, had to blow on, blow on him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's trivia, and that's that. So it brings us to the third period, which is going to be pop culture. So um, you want to start us off with the first sure. short topic? Huge news <laughs> in pop culture in Miss America news. Um, the winner of this year's Miss America is Savvy Shields of Arkansas. Of Arkansas. Yeah, of Arkansas. So the, the one thing I'm going to ask, because I know nothing about this, didn't even look her up, I just saw it in the news. <laughs> what do you think of the name Savvy Shields? I think Savvy Shields is a great name. S-A-V-V-Y? S-A-V-V-Y. I don't like it. I like it. Um, I I'm like guessing it. her birth name is probably Savannah or something. Ooh. Right? If that's Would shortened, that? then I do like it. If it's shortened, uh, then it's pretty oops. savvy. <laughs> good, very good, very thanks, very good. Thanks, thanks, thanks. I'll be I'll be here all uh, week. See, I don't think you even planned that. I didn't I know because you didn't know what it meant. You, you were trying. Well, you didn't know like if that was her name or what. I didn't know it was yeah. shortened. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. There well, you go. well, I don't know it's shortened either. I'm guessing it's shortened. Here's the second question: If her last name wasn't Shields, if it was like Smith, no, 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 Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it's still just as good. Uh, Johnson, Savvy Johnson. Actually, Johnson's really good too. <laughs> uh. Like, uh, like, Robertson. uh, like Savvy Robertson. Yeah. No, I don't think I, no, I wouldn't like that. Yeah. You doubt you, I would, I would advise her to have kept Savannah at that point. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it has something to do with the alliteration. Yeah, it definitely does. Definitely does. Savvy Shields like has a, has a ring to it, it I guess. It does. Very savvy. <laughs> it is savvy. So. Cool. So. That's want, that. If you want to check her out, uh, just Google it. All right. So that brings us to the next topic, which was the last is the last time we're going to talk about this ever, no matter ever, what, no matter Ooh, what. I'm so done um, with it. And so uh, it's been a couple weeks since this ended, but we were gone. So the night of, we talked about this all season. So we have to talk about the finale. We anticipated the finale. We had high hopes. We had hopes that this miniseries that was pre-written that wasn't going to extend multiple seasons would close out well. Would we would find out who killed her, and we yes. would we would be happy with the way Nas's situation went, and we would. Not get mad at every so, character whoa, in the whoa, whole show. Whoa, whoa. You're starting it off in a bad. It wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. So I'm going to be honest here. Most of my takes on the show were I had no idea what was going on, and then I read a Deadspin article that summed up all my feelings. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to paraphrase that. Okay. Um, this show is a lot of very smart people making the dumbest decisions. Yeah, character wise. Character wise, and almost making it unwatchable. For example. Nas getting prison tattoos all over his body in the midst of a trial that could save his life. Yes. Um, Dumb. And we can we can attribute that to him being a scared, uh, hopped up yeah. inmate and, just trying to survive. Pre- whatever. You know, folding under pressure in prison. Fine. Stone, the defense lawyer chasing a criminal into a dark alley, even though he's sixty five years old and has no crime fighting experience. Yeah. Probably can't even run because he has whatever bad feet. And, and you don't want to kill the guy anyway. You want to bring him well, into court. What are you going to do? Capture him? <laughs> so that's something. The defense attorney making out with <laughs> her defendant 
on camera. Somewhat questionable decision. Somewhat questionable decision. Uh, also, drug trafficking, bringing him drugs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bring him she drugs. She brought him in. She brought them in. On camera. Uh, just very bad decision. She overall. also demonstrated a cognitive awareness of the camera oh, several yeah. times. Looked at it. Several times. Yep. So, so she, <laughs> basically, the, the moral of that the moral of that story is the writers were working backwards from. Yes, I, I, I read that, that, that part. That part I, I, I was like, that makes total sense. They were writing backwards from. His name's John Stone. John Stone. John Stone, the defense, the main defense lawyer, basically now, his big speech at the end, and, yeah. and, and they said it best. It's kind of like a cliche: is the big lawyer speech at the at the end of the trial. But and he's and he's the guy. And if you remember. Um, the, He's the only guy uh, who believed in Nas, really. Yeah, the um, they kind of uh, the whole thing. James Gandolfini was the original writer yeah. and producer of the show before he passed away, and he was also going to star in that show. Mm-hmm. This whole show was really built around John Stone. It wasn't yeah. about Nas. Like the original writing of the show was centered around John Stone being the 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 lawyer, like yes. the scrub lawyer who like had delivers the big like powerful speech at the end. Yeah. So you're and exactly it right. And it was. And it, was. Very, it, was it was a great speech. And that's yeah. why after the season was over, I kind of sat back and said, I think I liked it, yeah. but I'm not sure why. <laughs> and it's because yeah. that it was well it's, acted. It was well shot. And, and it was well produced. Yeah. And, and that Deadspin article also mentioned it had those it had enough of those scenes that yeah. were just great scenes, yeah. great TV scenes. Um, it had. It also had a lot of characters that got you angry, and you yes. know that the the prosecuting lawyer got me angry. Like yeah. she was just not fun to watch her no. like act. And I guess that's what it was supposed to be. She you know, because she's the bad guy. Voice and yeah, she yeah, like this. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was. But but so as painful and aggravating as it was to watch, when she when they put Nas on the stand and she questioned him, that was one of the most powerful scenes of the yeah. show. As painful as it was, it was yeah. painful and just watching Nas like squirm up there. Mm-hmm. It was a powerful scene, and so. There were enough of those that combined together that it yeah. was. I think it was overall a good show. I th- but it, it's it's sad because it's one of the best shot shows I've seen yeah. since True Detective. Like the yeah. first True Detective, where every scene for some reason has this eeriness to it. Yeah. Um. Nothing's really in focus. It's kind of yeah. It's dark on the edges. It's just hard to wrap your head around this scenario, and it's just shot so well, acted so well, and. The, the writing was just unfortunate the, yeah, that they couldn't it, get themselves from A to B that's, without filling without creating some, ter- yeah, some and basically contradictions because these very smart people making very dumb decisions. Yeah, and that's what's so frustrating about it because that is exactly that's almost exactly the technique that I I hoped was avoided by a mini series and not yeah. a, not a regular show because like like I'll, I'll we'll, we'll revert back to what the classic example of this type of thing is which is Lost and like. Lost wrote itself into this corner and had like to continue producing seasons and had these end goals in mind, but like they just wanted to keep spiraling towards them. And then they started writing these stupid things backwards to answer them. Yeah. And like that's how that's what happens when you have a massive rating rating show on ABC that's like trying to get renewed and also trying to like plan out its ending and all yeah. this stuff. That's what happens. That shouldn't happen in an eighth episode miniseries. Yeah. That's why I was done. a little disappointed. Yeah. You should like have, it should be written should ahead have, of time. Exactly. You should have someone proofread the whole thing yeah. before episode one exactly and, and somebody would have said there's a much better way we can get John Stone to be delivering that yes. speech than to have this really really smart successful lawyer Young, promising who's lawyer. like prom- yeah exactly go make out with her with her defendant. with her degenerate yeah. who's like tattooing himself defendant like yeah. who, who's who's talked to her probably 
four like times. four times maximum yeah. It, like yeah and like called her once because he like couldn't go to sleep or yeah. something on his cell phone it was like it's that exactly it's like that should have been read and been like we can do better than this this is an eight episode miniseries like we can nail it before we even produce yeah. it you know that's the only disappointing part but overall, like you said overall it was still it was, Derek Dragon Fruits what does it get overall as a series overall as a series I would probably give it like a I'll give it a 77 ooh that's really close to what I was gonna give it I'm gonna give it a 75 75 Steve Nicholas Avocados I think just good yeah. enough to put in the repertoire yeah. watch it yeah. see how it goes and I gotta bring myself back to the fact that I I was excited to watch it oh, every yeah. week so that that helps the rating I mean and I wasn't disappointed like yeah. it's, it's weird because that's not how you should rate a show <laughs> yeah but when when the 7th out of 8th episode ended i was like this is a show i could potentially be very disappointed in yeah yeah and i wasn't very disappointed yeah i just went i just went away being like yeah okay cool yeah i mean we got a, we got a we got a great speech we have a pretty good level of certainty of who killed her at that point at the end of the at the end of the show some real detecting was done some real detecting was done too late but it was done so that's the other that's the (laughs) last thing i'll say the fact that that detective box didn't check where andrea came from that night yes until (laughs) <laughs> until the closing statements of the of the case, yeah, and it's refused, just ridiculous. And refused to step in. And, He's like, yeah, "Oh, I'm and retired," then, and just slammed the door and walked oh, out. I'm retired. I can't do anything yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, but he still like is questioning everyone. Yeah, he's still and, and go- de- he's being a detective still. Yeah. yeah, so that that part was a little bit. Um, uh, but and, and then it was kind of again, it was kind of cool. Like I, I think I, I kind of liked the ending. How they like, you know, the the prosecutor and and box both ended up coming around full circle circle to the righteous part of it, and they're like, "All right." Like let's go get the guy who did this, yeah. and that's like how it ends. And it's you know, so I, 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 it, I, I it was good. It was pretty. It's good. good. It gets seventy five, seventy seven percent. It's good enough we to liked watch. It. Liked yeah. it overall. Yeah. On that's to the it. next one. Could have been a lot worse. Could have yeah. been a lot worse. Um, next up, huge news. No Taco Bell news this week. Yeah. But big news. You've probably seen related it. Related field. Related field. Cheeto chicken fries. Yes. So uh, Burger King and Cheetos have been. Uh, kind of fooling around lately, um, and a little bit of Cheeto dust has been spreading all over the Burger King family. Yep. Um, it started with the Mac and Cheetos, which are pretty good. Yep. I'll give them another seventy-five percent. Steve yep. Nichols avocados, worth a try. Not enough actual Cheeto flavor for me, but some people like a lot of Cheetos. Some people like a little Cheetos. Now they're adding Cheetos to the chicken fries. So chicken fries, a cult classic. Yes. No one's really sure why or how they exist. But, but they do. But they exist. Yeah. Um, and it's a Burger King um, staple. Staple. It's it's a unique to Burger King thing, and they're pushing it hard. Uh, now they're putting Cheeto dust on it, which yep. is not a bad way of, of selling anything. Yeah. I'd buy a lot more things if there was yeah. more Cheeto dust. <laughs> I agree. Um, so that's new, confirmed. We just saw a commercial actually while we were so, doing the podcast. So I have a question. Confirmed. Question for you: Do you have any more info? Is it just Cheeto dust on the chicken fries, yeah, yep. or is it actually going to be crunchier like a Cheeto? No, no, no. So it's I don't know exactly how the the chicken fries will be because I haven't had them yet. But the mac and Cheetos are basically a mozzarella stick consistency. Right. Cheeto flavoring. Okay, on so the, the so Cheeto no consistency Cheeto is yeah, not yeah. is not. You being don't get translated. that Cheeto right. puffy crunch that right. you want and need. Right. You right. get the Cheeto cheese. Right. And you don't even get Cheeto dust on your fingers, which is why yeah. it's a little it's a little still a little off to yeah. me. I think there's still. Hey, maybe on round it. two though. Maybe they do it yeah. better round two. Cheeto chicken fries is is where they yeah. either have to sink or swim because yeah. After that, you can't go too deep into Cheetos. I mean, 
I'll be all in if they get any of the Cheeto consistency. Just even a little, yeah, a, little a little bit. Yeah. Like a little crunchier than a chicken I think fry. Mac and Cheetos was where they should have done it. Yeah. And they couldn't get it. Yeah. Chicken but fries. We'll see. Now maybe maybe, it, maybe it'll happen. So, review so. coming soon. And they had a really quick commercial. Like like a really like uh, teasy commercial, oh, it yeah. seemed like. So, are they actually, they're not out yet, are they? Teasy and cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was such a cheese. Um, the, they're not out yet, are they? I don't think they're out yet. Yeah, okay. They've okay. been teasing them for a while. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's that. That's it. Yeah, that's so it. That's huge, no, more huge news. Um, yeah. So, final drive. You want to do it? You want to go first? You want to go second? I'm going to go. What do you want to go? I'll I'm going to go first. Okay, you go first. All right. So, my final drive is that, and this is a long time coming. We sh- This is totally true. Everyone believes this. Sports betting should be legal. Yep. Because we were watching football, college football on Saturday. Probably not like we. Uh, we I was really tired. We, we had both come back from long vacations this week. Um, didn't really want to go out. Had a long day. Just watching football Saturday night, and said, "I don't really care about these two teams. How nice would it be if instead of going out, spending that fifty bucks, betting on this game? Instead, instead of the money you'd spend at the bar. The money you'd spend at the bar. I'll still put it into the economy. Yeah, it'll still go somewhere. It'll still trickle down, um, and we will have more invested in this game." Um, now I get that a lot of bad things come with uh, yes, legalizing gambling, um, but they're human bad things. They're they're per person. They're not per nation. They're not. It's not a reflection on the industry yeah. itself. It's a reflection right. on the person who's doing it. Yeah. Um, so and gambling is already legal, and a lot yeah, of pe- exactly. a lot of people throw a lot of money away. Yeah. At getting scratch tickets. Yeah. So. Just because you take an airplane to a city in the desert doesn't yeah like what well, like why is that legal and yeah. it's not like legal me yeah. sitting on my couch yeah um so there's a lot of reasons i think it should be legal but just in the casual sense i think it would be very fun to be betting on sports again in your home throw down 50 bucks like for the casual fan yeah um also i i'm on the extreme i think there should be casinos all over the place i think betting <laughs> should be legal everywhere um, but let's start small. Start small. Sports betting should be legal. And and Adam Silver has has endorsed sports gambling. I mean, I mean he has he said he what's, supports what's it. What's the negative? I mean, yeah. the, the negative for sports is that like players start taking advantage of it and games start getting fixed. But who yeah. Cares? But, but but the thing is, with the social circles that players have, you can't like that already that 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 risk already exists. Yeah. That there, that there's it's there's happened college, before in there's sports. Players getting paid for everything. Yeah. There's, it's like. The legalization of it, if anything, might hurt that because it's like, all right, well, who's running the gambling ring now? I'm going to go to the casino down the street. Or I'm going to go to the sports book in Massachusetts, and I'm yeah. going to do it in a regulated way. Yeah. Like, there's not all this backdoor gambling with people like, you know, I honestly think that it, it might lessen the chance of, yeah. of gambling interfering with sporting results. So I say I we know. skip the, the marijuana votes and go straight <laughs> to legalizing gambling. That's, I, that's I agree. my final drive, I and I'm sticking to it. All righty. Uh, my final drive will be quick on the AL East. The uh, baseball is going on. We didn't really talk about it, but quickly, the AL East is one of the best pennant races that, that Major League Baseball has seen in a while. You've got five teams in this division, and I apologize, Steve, but the Rays the only team not in the mix here. Go Rays. The Yankees to the Red Sox, fourth through first, have 76, 78, 79, and 80 wins. They're separated by four games in this race with, a, with less than a month to go. It's it's a crazy tight race coming down the stretch here. Now, the second wild card is huge nowadays with the wild card playing game. If we didn't have that still, this would be even crazier that only two of these teams are going to make the playoffs. Most likely now three of these teams will make the playoffs. But 
still just a crazy pennant race coming down the stretch here um fortunately for me the red sox are in first right now hopefully they can hold on to that but regardless these teams play each other so much the last stretch of the year the red sox have pretty much all games against the al east remaining um so very very exciting um baseball regular season is not always exciting so this is so a, a rare exciting time leading into the playoffs um for baseball and side note the yankees like stormed out of nowhere to get back into this race that gary sanchez kid yeah yeah ridiculous Huge. yeah ridiculous um, so spoiler alert red sox make the playoffs red sox i think so too think spoiler so too. alert they win <laughs> the world series <laughs> so just like the celtics are gonna win the nba title last year hey so. close enough um closing closing yep. thought i want to read your t-shirt that you oh read. yeah there you go so i'm gonna read the t-shirt that Derek's. this is a tribute and a reading of the t-shirt at the same time okay so Derek's t-shirt says Somebody who loves me very much went all the way to Seattle to get me this T-shirt. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and who's that person? And that person is our departed roommate Doug. That's so who nice. Moved to Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Respect to Doug. Why so. did you get that T-shirt and I didn't? You didn't get. I assumed that you got one. To I be honest. We might want to check with Tommy. He might have yours. Okay. I went over and me and Rob had got one. Okay. So. I hope he has mine. He better. He better have yours. <laughs> so. I guess we'll take this discussion offline. Yeah. So that's all That's all we have for episode 34 of You Heard It Here Second. Uh, thanks for listening to us after a two-week hiatus, and we'll be back next week with episode 35. Later days. <laughs>